Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Ryan Glover podcast with guests for the blueworldorder.com website. I'm of course Ryan Glover and the producer for this and every podcast is Jordan Taylor. You'll hear his perspective throughout each podcast and with the final segment of the podcast, Final Thoughts with JT, where me and Jordan will break down what the guest says for that specific podcast. Today's guest was a 12-year NBA point guard and now an analyst for your Memphis Grizzlies. The one and only Brevin Knight joins us on the podcast. Brevin, thank you for joining us and how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem, Brevin. So let's get into the Memphis Grizzlies. A lot of stuff have happened, unfortunately, over the past couple of weeks with obviously the injuries is a big concern. It feels like every game now you tune on, somebody unfortunately gets injured. Obviously, it was the last game with P.J. Hairston. He'll be announced. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. And, of course, the major injuries with Marc Gasol, Zach Randolph, Mike Conley, of those natures. So, Brevin, just what's, what do you think about this team now? How's this team's mindset? Obviously, you, you and Pete Pernica, your play-by-play buddy around this team more than almost anybody in this whole organization. What's the vibe around this team? It must be devastating. Uh, it's very devastating because if you, you go into the season with thoughts uh, of what you want to get accomplished and the pieces that you have to get that accomplished. And uh, I've never been around a situation where this many major pieces to that puzzle go down for extended periods of time. And so the one thing that this team has just continued to say next man up. Uh, and But there becomes, there comes a time where next man up is – guys that haven't played together, guys that haven't played in the league uh, with little to no experience, uh, and mix that in with just a couple guys that are still around, then you, you're just trying to figure out a way to eke out wins, and coaching staff has done a, a good job of keeping this team afloat. And the new guys that have come in have played as hard as you can ask them to play, and they've had results. So like you said there with the new guys, right, obviously Briante Weber, Ray McCollum are the new point guards added to the roster, and then they added another one last night, Xavier Munford, who will most likely be in uniform tonight for the Grizz. But your thoughts about the Grizzlies deciding to go young, because, you know, that's been the fall of this team for most of the Jaeger tenure so far, how he doesn't play young guys. But now all of a sudden I know they've had to sign players, but are you surprised they've actually gone that route to such these young players? I know it's co- close to the end of the season, but there's still some veteran guys out there that you could still sign. Are you surprised that they went young and get guys out of the D-League? Uh, not surprised. I think one of the things that they wanted to have was versatility uh, and, and come in with just some guys that were hungry. Uh, and so I think this is, you know, this is what you, you've come up with. McCallum has been around the league a little bit, uh, and, and you mix him with Briante Weber, who people thought very highly of his, his performances ever since he had an opportunity to play in the D League. Stephenson is a guy that was here in training camp, and the, the Grizzlies know very well because of plan. Uh, in Iowa with their D-League team. So I, I think it was just a matter of understanding where this team was really going to be. They, they they didn't just anticipate as many injured guys as you would have. So I think they just want to keep their options open. You're going to get guys coming back from injury at some point, so you'll need those roster spots again. Uh, so it doesn't, doesn't surprise me much that they're, they're, they went young to, to try to see what some fresh guys look like. So something that went down today, Brevin, if you weren't at the shoot-around, obviously you can't talk about it because you weren't there. But if you get your whole mindset about it, obviously Ron Tillery has already wrote an article this morning, this afternoon, about the Jordan Adams situation, how he went up to him after shoot-around, and the head trainer of the Memphis Grizzlies basically was yelling and screaming at the host of the media guy to tell Ron Tillery that he can't talk to Jordan Adams right now. And basically, you know, Tillery just wanted to find out what's going on with Adams because he seems he's been at the couple of practices now. He's been at the shoot-arounds warming up with the team. So if you were there, can you talk about it? But if you weren't there, what are your thoughts about this whole Jordan Adams situation, how the Memphis Grizzlies have basically kept it so quiet and nobody knows how anything's happened since basically he had that surgery a couple of months back? Well, one thing that I've, I've learned is in, in this, this game and the reason why I 
stuck around and played the 12 years was I talk on things that I know and, and speak about those things that, that are most concerning to me. And, and, of course, I would love to see Jordan Adams play. Uh, Drew Graham and his, his staff, they do a, a good job with, with, with guys in terms of what they need to do in, with rehabbing. And so uh, much more than that, I don't know. I, I wasn't that shoot around, so I don't know what, what, how the situation went down. Uh, but I, I figure that they will handle that, that out. Yeah, fair enough. So basically with Mike Conley, right, like you mentioned, you are a 12-year NBA point guard. You've had a great career and now as an analyst too. So your thoughts about this Mike Conley injury and how he's been dealing with basically an injury every single year, it feels like, since his rookie campaign. So your thoughts about that, how he's dealing with it. Do you think this recent injury now with the Achilles tendonitis will be something long-term that, you know, he's having something with his Achilles or his foot, it feels like, every year? What are your thoughts about that and what do you think he needs to do going forward since you basically have dealt with injuries too in your past? Well, injuries are part of our game, and I think that uh, Mike has done a, a tremendous job and continue to make his get his body stronger and stronger every year, but he's probably the most used player in the NBA in terms of not just minutes on the floor, but what we ask of him while he's on the floor. And so there's a lot of wear and tear that goes along with this game, and I think he's managed uh, the, the Achilles issue has been there the entire year just about, and he is played through as much as he could. And I think once it gets to a certain point where you just have to sit down and you have to start to think about what's in your best interest also. So uh, I think going forward, you can only uh, strengthen yourself to the best of your ability. Make sure that uh, physically you are as loose and limber as you can be. Uh, And then from there, you, you put a little bit of it in the Lord's hands and see how well he'll keep and then obviously you are a point guard, like I keep mentioning. So McCollum and Weber, your thoughts about those guys, seeing them basically now a couple of games under Weber, and then obviously McCollum had his first game with Atlanta the other night, pretty darn good in his debut. But what have you seen from Weber in particular, most likely the starting point guard now for the remainder of the regular season at least? It seems like the Grizzlies will keep out Conley most likely for the regular season until the playoffs. So what do you think about Weber? What do you like about his game? What are you seeing out there? Uh, well, the one thing is he, he knows who he is first and foremost for, for the position. Uh, he knows that he is here to run the team defensively, uh, do a good job of keeping the opposing point guards in front while putting pressure and then allowing his team to get out and run. Uh, whenever you're, you're new to a team, it's, it's nice to be one of the new guys. But when you are trying to integrate four new guys now and then even some guys that just came over through trade, it's very hard on a point guard because we don't have a synergy at all. You don't, I don't really know how you play. Or you don't know how I play. Uh, so he, the first game he came out there, he was able to just play basketball. Well, now the next two games that we play against, one is the best, one of the best defensive teams in the league in Atlanta who takes away every strength that you have and makes you play to a weakness. We had not had enough time to run half-court offense. And then a very hungry Houston team uh, who really got after us because they didn't want to be – in the position that the Cleveland Cavaliers were when they did not take this team seriously. So uh, I think he, he's had a, a, a good start. Um, he's just had to continue to learn the plays, learn the guys, uh, continue to stay within himself uh, offensively uh, and, and play with confidence. And I think he'll be perfectly fine. 
So we'll jump into a more lighter note now, since we've pretty bit pretty sorry for the po- a couple of minutes of the podcast. Lance Stevenson, Brevin, obviously the acquisition that we mentioned at the trade deadline for Jeff Green, and of course a first round pick came back too. So your thoughts about Lance is pretty crazy to think about that we sit here right now, and if you think about it, with all these injuries, and even though Lance is dealing with a wrist injury himself now, but it seems like he's okay. It doesn't. It feels crazy to think that basically for the remainder of the season the playoff chances for your Memphis Grizzlies are going to be on the shoulders of Lance Stevenson. So how do you think that is, and how do you think that feels? Uh, well, for Lance, I think it feels great. Yeah. <laughs> He's been wanting to feel uh, needed again by the organization, and he understands that he feels a void that this team has had for years, which is to be able to go out and find just a pure score. I think they haven't had it since you can go back to Rudy, just yeah. having somebody that you can give the ball Say get out of the way, and they'll create something. And I think he's done a good job of staying within himself, playing um, under control, uh, and he's been very consistent. He's shooting over 50%. He's still rebounding the ball very well. And defensively, he always said he would get better at the rotations. And he's gotten better on that end in terms of deflection. So, I mean, it's been a positive. It's uh, It's been fun to watch him be able to create stuff that we otherwise hadn't seen someone be able to create uh, in the Grizzlies uniform. Yeah, because that Pelicans game, that Friday night game, was an unbelievable atmosphere at the FedEx Forum. Like we mentioned, Stevenson had the career night over 30 points a game and doing crazy things like shimmying on the court, just dancing, having fun. You know, like you mentioned, I just think he needed to change the scenery and basically he just needed somewhere to feel loved. You know, Doc Rivers said multiple times that he was a good teammate in L.A., but, you know, at, in Charlotte it was a disaster. That's the best way I can say it. But now, like you mentioned, he just needed to change the scenery, and now it feels like he's found himself a home. I don't know if the Grizzlies will pick up that option this summer but all indications would point to maybe picking up that option or maybe signing him to a, a one-year deal then maybe with a player option attached to that. But I think I think Brevin, he's proven so far. I know we've still got a couple of 20-plus games to go in the regular season and, of course, the playoffs. But I think if he keeps his head on and keeps doing what he's done so far, I think the Grizzlies might think of him as a cornerstone piece going forward with a big three with Mike, Mark, and Zebo. Uh, listen, you, you never throw out the option when you, when you have a guy of his, of his skill set. Now you just see – how, what he wants to do in terms of going forward with the, the bigger picture. I mean, this team has a lot of questions to be answered uh, as they go into the summertime. But if he can stay the type player that he has been for this team, then it's nothing but an asset. You think of him as uh, a six-man coming off the bench with the ability to put the ball in the hole, can defense, can defend, play multiple positions because of his size, uh, then it's definitely something that, I would expect the Grizzlies will take a long look and thought about. So tonight's game in particular, the Minnesota Timberwolves come to town. Obviously a very young team with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins as their two cornerstone pieces for the future. Obviously tonight's going to be a lot of business and most likely with Matt Barnes maybe trying to guard Carl Anthony Towns in the post when they go a little bit smaller. You might look at Jarrell Martin, Jermichael Green of that nature, and of course Tony Allen will be on Andrew Wiggins most likely most of the night. So your thoughts about tonight's matchup? Probably the Grizzlies think, I know obviously the Houston game, that you would think that would be a must-win because of the playoff situation, how they want to deal with it. And like you mentioned, Houston so determined to get wins. But Minnesota, young team, and then Milwaukee on the back-to-back Thursday, two young teams that are basically out of the playoff picture. So basically, you probably got to get one of these. Well, uh, you, you would like, of course, you know we say you, you want to win them all, but this is, becomes a, a crucial time when you start to look at the schedule and look at what this roster has become. Uh, with the injuries, then you look at certain games and saying these are games where you have to go out and, and overachieve. And so this being a home game, and you said against a, a team that's 
out of the playoff hunt, but they still a very talented team. You already mentioned Carly Anthony Towns uh, is really locking down uh, rookie of the year. Um, they had with Ricky Rubio at the point position. You talked about uh, the, their wing guys. So it, it's it's a um, with Wiggins, Levine is playing better. If they're a team that if we allow them to have a nice rhythm uh, going into the game, then they'll stay engaged. They just beat Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City on a, a late three-point shot by Rubio. So that lets you know that they're still playing hard, and Sam Mitchell will have them play hard. So by any, it won't be an easy game by any stretch of imagination, especially with uh, who the Grizzlies have to throw out there. So then obviously the big one will be Saturday night against the Los Angeles Clippers because, you know, the 4-5 or five matchup is looking really, really close to that. Now obviously Oklahoma City has been struggling over the past couple of weeks, but so is Los Angeles losing big the past two games to the Spurs last night in particular. So when you think of that game, Brevin, obviously Chris Paul and, of course, um, Blake Griffin still out with that injury and DeAndre Jordan, you think about this matchup possibly going forward. I know it's hard to p- picture it now with all these Memphis Grizzlies injuries, but when you think about that right. matchup in particular, right, you're going to think Mike Conley is going to be back because of the Achilles tendonitis. Zebo's still dealing with this knee issue, but all indications point, you know, maybe a week, two, see what happens there and there. But you know you're losing Marc Gasol for the rest of the season. And then the Tony Allen, Lance Stevenson situation is so interesting on the wing because you know with Los Angeles, they're going to try to do the pick and pop, pick and rolls with Blake and CP and then DeAndre Jordan, et cetera. And then now they thought they got the fourth option in Jeff Green at the trade deadline. It really hasn't worked out yet. We'll see how that works Saturday night. But how do you think that matchup lines up if those two teams play up? Because you know Mike and Chris is going to be the go-to matchup, but it always feels like Zebo always dominates that Blake Griffin matchup if he comes back. But DeAndre Jordan's interesting now because he is such a great athletic guy who can dunk, obviously, the three-throw shooting as everybody talks about. But this guy's really, really good at what he does in particular. So how do you think that matchup looks out Saturday, obviously, with all the injuries and then going forward if they met in the playoffs? Uh, well, well, this Saturday it won't be, it won't be anywhere near yeah. what the matchup would be. Uh, in the playoff series, so I don't. I wouldn't take this Saturday's game as being the benchmark for what will happen if these two teams were to match up uh, in the first round. And, and, and if it does happen that way, then I think it's a a good matchup for Memphis because it's a team that they know, uh, a team that they've played against numerous times. Um, they are very familiar with what they try to get accomplished, and they've been successful against them. So. Uh, if it were to, to work out that way, then and I think it would be that would be the best matchup at this point for a first round uh, that Memphis could ask for. And then if we had to travel that way, then the golf would be good for, for me and whoever <laughs> else wants to play. <laughs> Fair enough, brethren. Well, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on the podcast. Hopefully everybody tunes in to Brevin and, of course, Pete Pranica tonight on the telecast Fox Sports Southeast starting at 6.30 with the pregame show, then, of course, 7 o'clock as your Memphis Grizzlies take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Brethren, thank you so much for joining us, and have a great night and enjoy the game tonight. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, thanks, Brevin. So, Jordan, obviously it's a pretty sad podcast this week, and it's going to be pretty sad for the remaining weeks because, unfortunately, the Memphis Grizzlies, every time we turn on a game, somebody gets injured. It's brutal on the court, and then somebody gets injured, and then two days later we're asking, who the heck is this person the Memphis Grizzlies are signing? Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who Breon Taylor was. I have no idea who Xavier Munford is. So just – I don't even have a question. Just talk to me. <laughs> I know you just, don't. Just talk <laughs> to me. I was, I was struggling asking questions to Brevin because I didn't want it to be all sorry and, you know, all sorrow, but – it's basically that time of the year, unfortunately, for the Memphis Grizzlies. It seems like that's what the future is going to be is just like we're trying to grasp on the 
any light of hope yeah. that we can get. I mean, any bright spot in the future, we, we want to take it. Any win that they get, whether it be against the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, anybody like that, that's a great win right there. Like Friday night was fantastic. Like Briante Weber's debut played fantastic. Lance Stevenson career night, wrestling night inside the FedEx Forum. You got Jerry Lara with half naked on wrestling people inside the FedEx Forum. <laughs> You're thinking this is fantastic, right? And you go play a hell of a good Atlanta team, basically not in that game whatsoever. Houston, somebody gets injured. P.J. Hairston mm -hmm. lose by 48. It's just like you mentioned, right? Can you play the Lakers every night? Can you play the Pelicans every night? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Because if you played those teams, you'd be okay. But, man, I'm just lost for words because it's so devastating. Because Lance, nobody thought this would happen, right? That's like mm -hmm. when you think of the bright spot, that's it. Yeah. And I'm, like even Brevin chuckled. Like there was no way that you'd think, right, with all these injuries. Memphis still not locked in at the five seed. There are mm -hmm. only two games between the five, six, seven, and eight. So yeah. anything can happen. And I'm literally asking Brevin Knight, that with 18-plus games to go in the regular season, if the Memphis Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs, it's all on Lance Stevenson's shoulders. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good thing is Lance is a competitor. Yes. And when he gets back, and as long as he's fully healthy, yep. he will embrace this moment, man. All we got to do is just just let, let Lance go, let him dance, let Lance be Lance. Like he can run this offense, he can orchestrate the plays and do whatever. Put the ball in his hands. Let Lance do what he does. It's literally James Harden-esque, isn't it? That's what it basically feels like. He tries to draw the fouls, right? He's going to do a pick and roll with a big guy or, mm -hmm. like you said, dance. First of all, what do you think about his dancing with the ball? Because it's something pretty awesome to witness. Man, that Lance will either give you an <laughs> all-star highlight type play or he will end up on shacking the Fool. Because we have gotten a few of those. Yes, we, have. we have gotten a few of those. We would get some bloopers in there with Lance. But – Friday night against the Pelicans was fantastic. He was unbelievable mm. doing everything on the court, both offensively and defensively. It's really awesome to watch. But I, it still chuckles me that, unfortunately, if we're going to make the playoffs, it's most likely going to come down to Lance Stevenson. So looking forward, tonight, Wednesday night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then tomorrow back-to-back -back against the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee, one of the most underperforming teams this entire year. Hey, but recently, though, a Tentacupo. Yeah, but they're still not blanking the playoffs. They're still not making the playoffs, but they they got a bright spot over no, there. No, I agree. But we thought this offseason the Greg Monroe acquisition would be perfect. But yeah. he feels look like his nickname's a moose. Well, he looks like yeah. a really slow, dead moose who doesn't know how to defend yeah. to save his life. Yeah, so, I think we both have him in, what, the top four yeah. in the East? Yeah. yeah. At least I got Charlotte, though, right? <laughs> so, anyway, Minnesota and Milwaukee back-to-back -back tonight. Young team, Wiggins, Towns, like we mentioned, really two great guys. Ten years from now, five years from now, this team is going to be mm -hmm. electric if they get to keep everybody there. So your thoughts about tonight's matchup? I think it'll be a rough one, man. I think it'll be a rough one. I think as long as Minnesota doesn't look at this game as just like just an easy takeaway game, I think they, they'll come out and beat the Grizzlies by like 15. Like I think they have that kind of potential because Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, these are guys that are going to be all-stars in the future. I know you don't want to hear, but I got to be the realist on here, man. As yeah. much as I'm rooting for the Grizzlies, I mean – they're basically a D-League team. They're not competing with, with Minnesota, to be honest with you. Like, just their caliber of players. And you're not going to be able to play Matt Barnes and Tony Allen the whole game. They, I mean, their bodies can't, just can't handle it. And then Milwaukee, like you mentioned, Andre Kumbo had a great couple of, couple of games these past couple of weeks. He's looking really, really good yeah. now that he's actually playing the point guard because Michael right. Carter-Williams, they just need to get rid of that him. That was just a terrible trade, yep. man. But yeah. now that you got Andre Kumbo and the Greek freak finally looking like a really, really mm -hmm. good player – I agree. Going forward, he needs to be the point guard. So yes. your thoughts about that? I think that's another loss. 
Do you just want to give losses for the rest of the season? I mean, if you want to run through it, we, <laughs> <No>. can. <laughs> we can. If you really want to make it more depressing. <laughs> well, Phoenix, we've lost to them twice this year, and they've got one of the worst records in the league. They're playing Monday night. Hopefully that's a win. And then Tuesday against the Lakers. Hopefully that's oh a win. Denver, no Gallinari. That should be a win. Orlando's been very iffy. That should have win. And then all the other ones, I have no idea. You play Golden State twice, Clippers twice, Dallas fighting for a playoff spot, Chicago fighting for a playoff spot, Toronto, one of the best teams in the East. San Antonio twice, and then the Clippers on a Saturday. Because you get to a certain point in the schedule where you can just mark down one L and draw a line through the rest of the games. Unfortunately, you can now because it's a D-League team for the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. We're fully healthy. We're in, the, we're in every single one of these games, in my yeah. opinion. One, every, no doubt. So, last question before I let end this podcast, Jordan. Like we mentioned, three to four, three to four to weeks for Michael Conley with the Achilles tendonitis, which I've never heard of. Obviously, I've heard of the Achilles, but I've never heard of somebody actually getting tendonitis in their Achilles. Yeah, I didn't even know that was possible. That was very weird to hear. But anyway, so should the smart decision to rest him and keep him on the bench for the whole rest of the regular season or Golden State last game of the season, Clippers second to last game of the season, should he play in one of those two games or should he literally sit and then go in cold and hope that he has the practice time and he knows the maturity is so good with Mike Conley as a hell of a player, that should be good enough for the playoffs. I think it might depend on where this team keeps us at, like, going on for the remainder of the season. I mean, if you have a chance to stay in the playoffs and, what, keep that first-round pick, I mean, yeah, do it just for that, just just to keep the pick. But if, if there's absolutely no hope, I mean, we're just playing the games just to finish the season, then no, just, just rest them. All right, last question. Do the Memphis Grizzlies stay in the playoff hunt, and do they get to the NBA playoffs this season? How many games they got left? You're going to make me count? Please. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fifteen. Oh, that's too much time. Too much oh, time. That's too much time for the other teams, man. Oh. Do or do they or do they not make the playoffs, Jordan Taylor? Yes. Good. Yes. Is that a yes from you? Yes. yes. They will make the playoffs. We agree. Zebo will find a way to come back. Hopefully Saturday night is my prediction because it's the Clippers and he loves playing the Clippers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if Blake's on the floor or not off the floor. He loves the Clippers. He's been out for two weeks already. Two games this week before the Clippers game. My prediction, he'll be back that week. Mike Conley most likely done for the regular season. Yeah. Still Tony Allen, still Matt Barnes, P.J. Harrison done for two weeks. That's basically everything, all the sorriness I can give you on today's podcast. I'm sorry for, <laughs> for making everybody sad. But thank you so It'll much. It'll be a happier one next week. Yes. But thank you so much to Brevin Knight for joining us. Like I mentioned, tune in to tonight's game. And always, thank you so much to Jordan Taylor, the best producer in the Mid-South. Oh, thank you. That was so nice. You're so welcome. <laughs> and I am, of course, Ryan Glover. Tune in next week. Until then, signing off.